Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about the business of real life. If you're a working mom or a mompreneur, this is where you want to be. This is where we share tips right off Elaine's Kitchen Table about business and parenting. Being a mom of three and wearing multiple hats, from CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisies Limited to speaker and educator, Elaine knows how valuable your time is, so this podcast is going to be short and sweet. Whether you're tuning in while driving to a meeting, washing dishes, or sitting in the school parking lot waiting to pick up the kids, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated to be that successful person you're capable of being and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. I'm so honored to have you here with us today. And I cannot wait to introduce our guest to you today where she will talk to us about how to balance everything from playing and work and, and leaving the corporate world to discovering her own adventure. And I cannot wait to share her with you. So after walking away from a successful career at a Fortune 100 company to find more meaning, purpose, and fun, Lisa Dad performed, transformed more than just her day job, her, her decision to invest in what she was meant to be in life rather than just settling for what she was doing for a living inspired her to write her first book, Finding Fabulous, Paving the Path Between Paycheck and Passion. I love that. In fact, she dares us to consider our own most fabulous, what, what does our fabulous life look like, and provides practical and relevant tools for anyone t- tired of feeling stuck and ready to take action. I just want to say welcome, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi. Today? Hi. Thank you, Elaine, for having me. It's so great to be here. Now, you are right now in sunny California. Is that correct? I am, yes. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, palm trees out my window as I'm speaking to you, actually. <laughs> okay, well, I think you should mention that every once in a while so that our <laughs> listeners can feel those palm trees and that sunshine, too. Now, Lisa, I-, I want you to fill in any of the blanks. Did I leave anything out that you want to mention about you? Yeah, I think you covered most of it. I mean, I went straight out of grad school right into the corporate life for 15 years. And um, I one day decided to up and leave. And uh, it's been uh, almost not quite five years since I left and started down this entrepreneurial journey. So I think you've covered most of it. So I have to ask you, what what made you make that decision to just leap out of of a secure, wonderful, great paying job into the unknown? You know, I always say it was a split second decision, years in the making, because I always had this sense that I was meant to do something else and that I wanted to do something else. But I had sat around thinking that someday I would just figure it out and then sort of like magically I would go and do it. And um, I guess as the 15 years went on, I started to be less and less connected with what I was doing. And um, fortunate for me, my company was going through some major changes and I saw an opportunity and the, the second I realized that I was more afraid of keeping my job than losing it was when I decided that that was, I mean, that was a truth bomb that just woke me up and said, it's, whom, whose permission am I waiting for? I, I love that you mentioned that. That was one of the comments in your TED talk that I, that caught my attention when you said that, uh, you said people are often afraid of losing their job, but you were afraid of keeping your job. That. Yeah. 
that is a statement that uh, really, really jumps in, I guess, like would make anybody sit at the edge of their seat going, what? And, and I, I like how you said that you weren't connecting with what you were doing. And I think that lack of passion is often that trigger for someone to think, what am I supposed to do with my life? And when you think of an entrepreneur, what would you say are the top three qualities or characteristics that person would need to have to survive to, to jump into that entrepreneur world? Yeah, I guess the very first one is to, to the point that you're talking about is, um, I say, oh, we have to have a willingness to exchange the word easy for worth it. Because a lot of people, when I talk to them about this um, journey that I've been on and what they might be going on, they'll say, well, it's not that easy, you know, or I have kids, so it's not that easy. And I say, well, it's, it isn't easy either way. The question is whether it's if you're willing to do the work towards it being really worth it. Um, because easy is sort of a trap, I find. So the first thing I would say is you have to be willing to shift from wanting easy to wanting worth it. Mm. You work hard at something that's worth it, the, the easier it gets. Um, the second thing I would say is you have to be able to embrace ambiguity or at the very least be able to dance with it a little bit because there are no set structure or guidelines or steps to doing this. And, you know, people say, well, there's all sorts of people selling, you know, five steps to five figures or this, uh, you know, three steps to being successful. Um, there's lots of them, but every journey, at least that I've met, every journey is different. And so um, you've got to embrace that ambiguity that comes with being an entrepreneur. And thirdly, you have to, you have, to have a reason bigger than a paycheck. So I talk about my book, you know, the title from, you know, uh, you know the path between a passion and paycheck. If, if you don't want more for yourself or for the world than just the paycheck, it's going to be a really hard journey because as I already mentioned, it's not that easy. So there has to be something else that's pulling you forward than just the money. We all need the money, but there's got to be something else that gives us that extra motivation. I, I love all three points, but that, that first one from having to shift from the willing to wanting the easy to wanting the worth it. And, and that, that is, that's a very brilliant way to put in a capsule, the, the meaning of being an entrepreneur. And that is truly the passion. Yeah. And it means something different for everybody, what worth it means. When I say finding fabulous, I don't define for people what fabulous is. And I very, so many times in the book, I'm saying, you get to decide what this means to you, but you get to do the work to figure out what that means. I, I would love to ask you, like in, in your entrepreneurial journey, so the five years, I think often people think that uh, when you're in business for yourself, it means your life is easy, everything's come so great, and you probably have money being thrown at you. And we know that that's not the case. And often there is something that stands out that was probably our hardest point in our journey. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you what you could think of that was one of your hard points or your lowest point and what it was and, and what you learned from it? I think it's, it was accumulation of a time period, I think, because what I had to learn really um, quickly and what felt like I learned take too, too long to learn was that um, because there's no structure like you get in the corporate world and it, just timelines of things just don't work the same way. You know, I remember coming out to California just for a month one year thinking, I'm just going to go write my book and then I'll, I'll come home after a month. And having this thing in my mind that I could just do that, you know, just peel out a book in a month. 
um, because I was thinking about my skill set from the entrepreneur uh, from the corporate world and assuming I could just translate absolutely everything into being an entrepreneur and the steps and the process that it took for me to write that book, how long it took to, for it actually to get published, all of those things, I really had no clue of the timing and even the investment um, of money, energy, all of it. It just, it was a wake up call to say things don't work. It's not, it's like it's a totally different vortex when you get into the entrepreneurial space. So I guess once I started to embrace that, then you can work with it. And there's obviously tips and tricks to actually navigating it better. But it's that wake up call of this isn't your typical day job. No, not at all. It's funny. People say being an entrepreneur means giving up that, that 40 hour work week. So you can work 80 hours for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, see, that's the lesson is that you, you have to go through that first before you start to realize, wait a second, maybe I don't have to work 80 hours, but it feels like that's the transition time, certainly in the gap. Yes, but it doesn't happen overnight. And I, and I love how you said that earlier. It doesn't happen overnight. That's right. Now, I would love to know in your journey, you must have had a, a eureka moment, whether a, a lesson that you learned from a mentor or in some instance or situation that you went through. What was that eureka moment? The eureka moment for me was learning to embrace the fact that things didn't have to be perfect. Um, I learned that I, was, I was, had been developing all these programs on the back end and a bunch of them I never launched. Like they're still sitting in my computer files because I was, there were so many pieces to the puzzle and I figured what if I don't know what to name it and then if I can't name it, I can't create the logo and then if I don't have a logo, I can't create marketing materials and it was like I was never pushing go because I was waiting for the 8,000 pieces to fall in place. And finally, I had a business coach who said, just, just launch something, call it a pilot, you know, and it just gave me this freedom, the word pilot or beta or whatever you want to use for that, that I could actually literally just go out, um, have a few clients running through this program, tell them it was a pilot. You know, I gave them a major discount and said, look, it's just a pilot. This is going to evolve as we go. And so I didn't, ha I didn't properly, you know, market it or brand it or do any of that. Um, I allowed it to organically evolve. And as it evolved with my clients' needs, um, it, it took on a whole new personality that I, I don't think that I would have put on it initially. Mm -hmm. So there's some beauty in just being, allowing yourself to play in a space where you just say, let's just go for it. And if it flops, it flops, you know? I, I love that, that they don't have to be perfect. I, I love how you worded that, that to embrace that things don't have to be perfect so you don't get stuck and paralyzed in, in not acting upon your great idea. Yeah. I, I love that. So I have to ask, um, I'm the creator of Easy Daisies, which is all about creating good habits for children and establishing habits that make you successful in your entire life. Mm -hmm. so I want to ask you, Lisa, do you have any habits that are daily that help you be successful? So, and, and if you do, what are they? Yeah. There's a bunch of d different rituals that I do daily, but I think if, if I were to say the big overarching habits, one is just surrounding myself with awesome people. Mm. You know, it seems like an, a common thing, but to find people that are not only like-minded, because you'll say find some like-minded people, but find some similarly efforted people because mm. lots of people can agree to the, the way I think, but if they're not actually on a day-to-day -day basis putting effort toward it, um, it's not quite the same motivator for me. And so I think we can surround ourselves with people that not only cheer us on, but they 
They help us grow. They hold us accountable. Uh, it's really important to me. I did a whole chapter on this in my book because of that. It's really important to surround myself and to continue looking for even more, um, a stronger quality network. And then the second one is just this regular investment that I'm making in me. And it sounds a little bit odd, but I've realized over the last few years that the limitations to my business growing usually can be drilled back down to a limiting belief that I have either about myself or about what's possible. And so continuing to always look at that piece of it. You know, if I'm not stepping up and playing a bigger game, is it because I can't business-wise or is it because there's some sort of story I'm telling myself? So, you know, one of my coaches said this, your business only grows as much as you do. And, and I believe that. I believe there's a huge, strong personal component when you're an entrepreneur to success. I think that's worthy of being on a t-shirt. Your business grows only as much as you do. There you go. <laughs> I will tell her that. That's the corporate yogi, my good friend, Julie, from the corporate yogi. I better give her some props for that. <laughs> or the title of your next book. <laughs> or the title of the next book, right. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate both of those, surrounding yourself with, with people who not only cheer you on, but are doing the same thing because it's just so much easier. It's like going to meet someone at the gym, right? It's easier to, to make sure you be there because you know someone else is there and they're not going to sit there and eat a taco bar while you're working out. But they're sweating. Exactly. And because you'd sit down and eat a taco bar with them. That's just more fun to, and easier to do. But investing in yourself. Like, like if, you, if you don't believe you can, you most likely aren't going to do it. And, and I, I love both of those points. Thank you for sharing those. So when you talk about finding fabulous. What, what do you mean by, by that? Finding fabulous. Yeah. For me, it's that intentional um, desire and actions towards living the best version of your life that you can. So mm -hmm. I, the finding is an active word, right? Um, fabulous. I'm constantly redefining what that is for me and asking those questions. What feels fabulous to me? And so I think it's an ongoing journey. I also believe that in the process, you can recognize and have gratitude for the fabulous that's around you. Mm. And in that process, you can actually start to realize what that means. It doesn't always mean you have to go find something else. Sometimes it actually is an active looking around of what's already there. I, I really like that. I, I love that you brought in gratitude as well as living intentionally because I, we can very easily get caught up in the busyness and just go, 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 and then just get a burnout yeah. very easily. I, I want to know then, you, you talk often on blurring the lines between work and play. Can you tell us more about that? What does that mean, work and play? Sure. <laughs> like you stop and drop all your work and go play, or is it a, a, an intertwined with you? Yeah, that's why I call it blurring the lines. Um, one day my sister asked me if I was working or playing when I was on the computer. <laughs> and, I, and I honestly didn't know the answer. And so since that point, I thought, isn't this beautiful? I'm blurring the line between work and play. Um, one of the best examples, though, I give people is that I love hiking with my dog. And it does serve so many purposes for me other than just exercising him and exercising me. Um, it allows I, I get the most creative inspirations when I'm outdoors. And it seems like when I'm walking in, in motion, it's almost meditative for me. Mm -hmm. And so am I playing with my dog? Yes. Am I getting exercise? Yes. But I'm also, um, you know, ideas for, for what I write, for what I speak on. Um, I usually clean up all the questions in my head. And so it's like I have this opportunity to play and work at the same time. And the more and more I, I delve into um, other activities and experiences that allow me to blend both, both of those things, um, 
the more fun I seem to have doing it and the more progress I seem to make. I, I think that's beautiful because when you're having fun, you just keep, you just want to keep going. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to enjoy it because I think life is just too short to not enjoy everything that you're doing. I would love to know, Lisa, what is your definition of success? My definition of success, um, it's, bare, it's multiple, I guess, but um, mostly it's, it's living intentionally um, mm. towards my best life, as I said to you, for Finding Fabulous. It's knowing that I'm making an impact and a difference every day in the work that I'm doing, that I'm joyful in it. I, you know, I'm maybe not 100% of the time, but for the majority of the time that I'm really lit up and energized by it. Um, you know, I'm having so much fun just talking with you. That's part of my success. Um, so it's, it's completely different than it used to be from the corporate days when it was all about numbers and performance appraisals and sales objectives. Yeah. So, yeah. It's in that space for me. Joy, happiness. I, I love that. And I think that is success. I think if you are living a life where you feel fulfilled and happy because you're making an impact that's making other people feel joy and happiness. I think that's, that's great. That's awesome. And aside from your book being a great resource, I, I would love to know, did you have any great resources or do you have any great resources in your own um, journey and as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I've had various along the way that really opened me up because when I left corporate, I didn't even know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, and so, you know, interviewing all the people for my book was one resource, just showing me it was possible. Like, wow, if they can do it, why can't I? Mm -hmm. um, so that started it. And then finding people that have been sort of experts or mastered this environment. Um, I've found some of them online. Um, Brendan Bouchard is one of my favorites. He's, you know, the quintessential um, entrepreneur of marketing and speaking and coaching. And um, so um, resources like that. Um, I've had various uh, coaches, business coaches and life coaches. Mm -hmm. um, let me think of a specific resource for you. That's like Brendan's a great one. If people are just starting out wanting to look, figure out how they can create a business of their own design, I would say he's a great one to check out. That's fabulous. That's awesome. I, I think that people should check out your Ted talk too, your TEDx talk. And I love the title. It's so intriguing. The two most liberating words you'll ever say. Mm -hmm. And just to pull in our listeners and make them listen, I, I don't want you to share everything, but I do want to know if you want to share what those two words are. Sure, I can share them. Um, the two words are turning point. And you'll have to listen to the story as to how I came to that, came to the point of turning point. Um, but they're so liberating when you can actually recognize your situation. If you're out there thinking, I'm stuck or I'm trapped in where I am and feeling you know, like you don't have any control over your life. The moment that you can say, this is just a turning point, it gives you freedom and permission to turn, right? How liberating. Um, so great. Love it, love it, love it. And I think that when our listeners are thinking about listening to your TEDx talk, they actually need to see it because you have great slides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are real. That's not stock photography. That was me. Love it. <laughs> and I, I loved your photos. And my husband is one of his jobs as a stock photographer, so... I, I, I think like, you have to watch your TED Talk because great slides. And I, I want to ask a question that, you know, I know that some of our listeners are wondering, well, I'm doing this job. I'm either in corporate or I'm doing this career or I'm actually an entrepreneur. But how do I know that's my passion? Now, I, I would love to ask you, is, do you have suggestions on how people can – 
find their purpose or their passion? How do they define that? Yeah. First of all, uh, my first suggestion is not getting too attached to the word purpose or passion. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure behind that because people think they have to find their one passion in their one purpose in life. And it trips people up because they, even when they find something they're passionate about, I find they go, well, what if it's not the one? You know, it's like they're trying to find the soulmate of their, of their experience, right? And so I say, first of all, you can fill in other words. You know, what lights you up? What makes you curious? What fascinates you? Um, what do you have a wonder about? There's lots of words that you can use to sort of get into that place. So that's the first thing is don't get too attached to the word about it. The second thing is your passions can come out, your passions and joy can come out of lots of different things. They don't necessarily have to come out of work, for example. Um, I always suggest people, I, I have this phrase I'm using more and more these days about playing your way to greatness. And it is all about giving people the opportunity to step into a different environment and learn new things about themselves just because they you know, shake up their status quo. So, you know, for you, it could be if I'm fascinated about dancing and I'm always like, wow, they look so beautiful. I would love to dance. Go take a dance class. And it doesn't mean you're going to become a dancer. But there's a lot of analogies for life in dance, which then can sometimes trigger something else that's passionate for you. Or, you know, maybe you literally want to get outdoors more. Actually make the time to get outdoors more. Because again, as you start to like explore these things that bring that joy and that passion, it will trigger other things that then can become a career. So if you're already stuck on this, well, but what would pay me? What would give me money? What would pay my bills? You're limiting the options. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, there are more ways than ever to make a living doing all sorts of crazy things. Mm -hmm. So don't start with how do I make a living at it? Start with what lights me up and what excites me. Mm -hmm. What feels that. fabulous. <laughs> yes, start with what lights you up. I love that. And just play with it. Allow yourself to play with it. You know, you don't have to know everything right away. You just have so many great quotes. I just want, like, if I was tweeting right now. <laughs> that was what lights you up. Are yeah. You, I think that's just, like, the nugget right now. Like, right there, start with what lights you up. And because I want to keep this short and sweet because I respect your time, Lisa, I, I'm just going to throw some rapid lightning round questions at you. Perfect. Okay, so you're just going to tell me, the first thing that comes to your head, there is no wrong answer. Okay. Unless you know the right answer. <laughs> but here we go. Number one, what is a book that you recommend or that you're reading right now? Oh, gosh. Um, Think and Grow Rich comes up to mind, but it seems so obvious, but <laughs> Think and Grow Perfect. Rich. Perfect. Um, your favorite way to unwind or de-stress? Uh, take my dog out for a walk. Yes. Your favorite time of day and why? Morning. Um, just gets the rest of my day going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and usually most people aren't awake. You get some private time when you're in the morning. What time is your morning? <laughs> Lately, not too early because I'm doing a late program that I'm running. But um, yeah, I, I like I like a 6 a.m., 7 a.m. start. Not too early. No, I understand that. Favorite social media platform? Facebook. Why? Um, I know there's so many versatile ways to use it. And I know a lot of the other platforms are using other things, but Facebook to me gives you just more real estate to see it, to use it, to connect with people. So, Okay. An actor to play your life in a movie. <laughs> the actor to play my life in a movie. Oh, geez. Um, that's a tricky one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like a blank. Blanks there coming to mind. Uh, Jennifer Garner, just because I love her. <laughs> uh, lovely. Yes, lovely. Charming like you. Yeah. 
And a word of advice, this last question that you would give to the 18-year-old version of yourself. Yeah. Never stop asking yourself what you want to be when you grow up. The question is as important in your 40s and 50s as it was when you were in kindergarten. Love it. I absolutely love it. And don't forget to tell yourself to start with what lights you up. <laughs> lights you up. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much, Lisa, for being on my podcast. And you are just lovely. And you shared so many nuggets of wisdom. So I want to say thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And thank you to our listeners. I, I love hearing from you. And so please do find me on Twitter at Chat with Elaine or on Facebook at Elaine's Kitchen Table or Easy Daisies. And Lisa, I want to ask if people wanted to look you up, where would they find you? Yep. The easiest way is my website, which is lisadad.com. And that's D-A-D-D.com. And I will have all of your contact information actually in our show notes so they can come find you there as well as your TEDx link. I'll have it on in the show notes as well. Thank so thank you again for joining us and thank you to our listeners. So I will let us say goodbye. So thank you yeah. for tuning in and goodbye. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Bye for now. <laughs>